What I'm offering you is to choose in that moment to view it differently, to choose to forgive yourself, to choose to forgive the other person for the possibility of the life that you truly want and desire. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. So I woke up this morning. I love Facebook memories. And I don't know how many of you guys got a chance to see the video that I made this morning. I'm obsessed with Facebook memories. In fact, I find myself posting more stuff, especially around my kids mm. now, because I'm excited to get it, you know, three, four, five years down the road. So today, bro, marks the one year anniversary of Aaliyah getting lost. Interesting. Yeah, I was just thinking about we were on that trip this time last year. Yeah. So today was pretty much our first night out. Um, so I want to share that story, you guys who are, who are newly listening. So that was that. And I was like, okay, I, I really want to talk about traumas and how they impact us because I, I saw it today and it was like, I could relive it in my head, but there was no physical, like scared experience, anything like that. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Cause that's not how people live lives. You know, like they'll relive that. And then all this stuff comes up. And then I totally forgot, I show up to Leah's school and today was, uh, today's Yom HaShoah and uh, they did a special ceremony about, so the Yom HaShoah, sorry for those of you guys that don't know, uh, is the Holocaust Remembrance. So they did a special presentation at Leah's school about remembering the Holocaust. And I was like, wow, how perfect is that, right? Like talk about one of the, the biggest traumas and how it's continuing to impact, uh, I mean, the whole world, but let's say specifically Jews. Um, and even in her in her speaking, she was talking about, you know, these bad people did these bad things and we can't forget and this and that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> did Leo was saying that stuff? No, no, no. The, the teacher the, was. Okay. The teacher was. Um, and I was kind of like, I didn't do it out loud, but I was just like, oh, God, no, no, no. And recreating terribleness. Yeah. And so uh, I just was driving home. And I was like, wow, how perfect, right? Everything always aligns just to, to perfection. So, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, what do you think about that topic for today? Yeah, yeah, no, good. I mean, jam out on it. Okay. So obviously jump in whenever, but I want to just start by, by giving you guys the story. Exactly last year today. The scariest, most traumatic experience of my life thus far occurred. We were having dinner with really, really good friends of ours from Israel. We had literally just landed. Aaliyah was three at the time. And uh, they had three kids. So two that were, one was slightly older than Shia. And one was about Aaliyah's age. And so we're sitting in this, what are they called? Promenades? Is that what? what That sounds right. The word I'm trying to come up with is um, it's kind of like a piazza, like, like a plaza. Like a, 
plaza where basically the restaurants all face in. And so you're sitting outside, but no cars are allowed on the street. It's just kids running around. There's a water fountain. There's music. There's people walking around. It's really alive. And in Israel, just so you guys know, um, I know from the media you hear, oh, my God, it's so dangerous, this and that. I honestly feel safer in Israel than I do walking the streets of New York sometimes. First of all, everyone looks out for everyone. So it's just a very familial, even if you don't know the person, it's a very familial thing um, mm-hmm. because they're around tragedies all the time. Everyone's like alert, you know, they're no, no one's kind of just like blase about stuff. So anyway, we're sitting there at dinner and then Shai and Ali are playing with their two kids and they're basically like, there's a, a guy doing a, he's like a magician slash clown. And he's doing balloon things and this and that. And we could see them. They're, they're playing right there. And then uh, all of a sudden, the boys run up to us. And I just asked Shai. I'm like, where's Aaliyah? And he's like, I don't know. I think Aaliyah went to the bathroom. I was like, oh, that's strange. Aaliyah went to the bathroom by herself in this restaurant. And I knew that the bathroom had a lock on it. Like you got to punch in some sort of code. It was very strange. So anyway, I calmly get up. I go to the rest to the bathroom. I see that she's... Uh, not there. I punch the code. I go in. She's not there. And I come out just knowing that she's by the time I come out, she they would have found her and she's just playing. And I come out and uh, Fanny is there. Fanny's Elon's uh, wife, for those who don't know. Yeah. So Fanny is uh, there mm-hmm. looking at me. I look at her and we kind of give each other this look because she was expecting me to come out with Aaliyah. And I was expecting that Aaliyah was going to be there when I come out. And when we look at each other, we're like, no, no. And I think at that point, um, panic kind of started setting in. Now, obviously, we're in a country that there's a new a language barrier, although I will say that most people speak English. Uh, and more than that, we're in a brand new place. Like, she's never been to this restaurant. None of us have been to this restaurant. We don't know anything about this place. Um, and she's three. So I... As calmly as I can at this moment with everything racing inside my body, I start kind of looping around. Fanny starts looping around. Guy, I think at the time you had run down the street because yep. of that guy that was sitting there. Yep. Right? Yeah. I had I had like my my spidey senses going off also, so I just booked it just to just to have another set of eyes out there. Yeah. So there's like some weird guy at some point that sat at some table by himself. And I think we all kind of noticed him, but didn't say anything. And like when Aaliyah was on, guy saw him walk down the street. So guy bolted down the street. Anyway, so we're running around. And uh, by the time that I had reached, so I went around once. I was trying to keep myself calm. By the time I went my second loop and I didn't find her, which at this point was probably... I don't know, a good 10 minutes. At this point, I remember like the amount of visual inputs that I was getting and the thoughts that were happening in my mind were so intense. You know, everything we teach you guys is like, look, your thoughts and your visions create your world, right? So I clearly, all I want to do is find my daughter. And so as I'm doing the first loops, I'm I'm actively envisioning me finding her, me hugging her, me kissing her, all of it. After two minutes of this, um, 
it just it just started to creep again and i started having visions of like the shit that you see in the movies and i started asking myself am i going to have to be one of those dads that uh basically has to overcome losing a child it was just like watching myself from the outside in a movie and it was really really scary um and i just remember like well how am i going to handle losing a daughter and this and that and the whole time I'm like stop thinking these thoughts She's not lost. We're going to find her, this and that. And I remember at one point, like maybe like on the third pass or this and that, me and my wife crossed paths. And I think at that point, both of us were like, just started losing it, like crying as we're running around this and that. So about 20 minutes into this whole thing, now that I've done like three or four laps around this whole thing and guys have been running around and Fanny's been running, no one can find her. At this point, I'm like, we need to find cops. Like this is not, this is we need to do something fast. So I'm running around trying to find a cop. And while I'm doing this, I'm I'm kind of like at this point running into stores because I thought, listen, maybe she just went into another restaurant or another store. Maybe she saw some shiny toy. She heard music. She loves to dance. And I was like, you know, trying to figure out all the things. And then at some point it occurred to me that I've been running around all this time. And not once did I just stand in the middle of the thing and just yell my daughter's name. And I actually had this thought right before I was about to do it. And I'm like, why have I not just run around and yelled her name? And what I realized was I didn't yell her name because to me, if I were to actually yell her name out loud, would be like dealing with the truth, which was we lost our daughter. All the stuff around it, right? So I basically walk my way into the center by where this fountain was, where we saw her last. And I'm just about to like put my arms out and just yell at the top of my lungs, Aaliyah. And all of a sudden I see her across, across the promenade walking with this elderly woman, um, hand in hand. She's not crying. She's nothing. She's kind of like smiling, skipping along this and that. And I literally run to this woman and to Aaliyah and, uh, I just start thanking this woman and she starts yelling at me like, how dare you? And in English of all things, like, how dare you? How did you lose sight of her? How did you lose her? This and that. And meanwhile, like Aaliyah's fine. She's not crying. She, she had no idea that she basically got lost. And I'm like, Aaliyah, what happened? Where did you go? She's like, I was looking for Shia. I was looking for Shia. Anyway, my, my wife comes over and at this point, my wife is like in full release mode and she starts crying and then that freaks Ali out. She starts crying. So the video I saw today on Facebook, ironically enough, was after this whole ordeal, you know, to Aliyah, like nothing really happened. So she was, dan- do you remember, bro? There was the violinist and the flutist out there. Totally. Yeah. She was just dancing and mm-hmm. enjoyed like, herself for like dancing after this whole thing. Hands down the worst 20 minutes of my entire life, like without question it's funny because Aaliyah brings it up every once in a while still (laughs) like remember when I got lost like I'm not sure she actually knows what that means quite yet yeah yeah so what happened was about how many days was it later maybe like three days later or something like that where we went to the beach over there I don't remember it was a few days later let's say so a few days later we're walking literally down the same exact promenade to go down to the beach and I'm walking, and as I'm walking past these certain spots, literally step by step, and where I'm at, like 
all of these emotions and all of these visuals and all the sounds and everything starts coming up. Like I literally feel like I'm there during the day and it feels like I'm there at night. I can see the people, I can hear the noises, I can feel the feelings starting to course through my body of fear and uh, being scared and concerned and the visuals and what I was thinking at that time and all is just coursing through. And because I've obviously done a lot of this personal development work, I could actually observe it happening from the outside without necessarily letting it affect me more as of, wow, this is really interesting that this is what happens. And the thought that I'm having is, wow, this is exactly what happens to every single person. So imagine you got your heart broken and uh, your ex-boyfriend drove a certain car. Every time you see that car inside, whether you're aware of it or not, all these different emotions and, and thoughts and things like that happen. Or if uh, you got fired and then you went and sat at a bar, right? Or a restaurant or something like that. All of these things hide because what happens to the brain is it up it has all of this processes and information. And as soon as it sees something, it triggers all of that other stuff. And what I realized as I was walking was that if I didn't have these tools, if I didn't have these skills that I do, then this situation could completely change not only me, it could change how I parent, it could change how I interact with Leah, it could change how I interact with Fanny, it could change how I interact with Shia, it could change how I view the world from a safety perspective, like a lot of things could have changed. And now I'd be lying to you if I told you that for the next few days, if I wasn't a little more alert about where she was at all given times, sure. right? And I can tell you like a year removed, I watched that video of her dancing and I, guy, maybe you can talk to this. Like, I truly do. Not, I'm not saying that I didn't learn a lesson. I'm saying I didn't let that trauma impact every single decision I make around my children going forward. I didn't have that one incident of something unpleasant happening paint my entire view of life. And I don't know if you've if you've seen us like change or shift or anything like that from your perspective. No, I mean I've seen I've seen you grow, but it hasn't become like fear-based painting. Exactly. Yeah. So I wanna make you guys aware of this because there are traumas that have happened in every single one of our lives. And you know what? I don't even want to call them traumas. Let's just say incidents that happen in every single one of our lives. I can almost guarantee that there's at least one or two of them that are still impacting your day-to-day -day as you keep moving through life. And that may be because you got divorced and then you swore off men or women. It might be because you just got your heart broken and you swear off men or women. It might be that you lost money in a certain venture and you've made yourself believe that you are not, money is not going to happen for you this time around. Or you started a business and you failed and you think that you're dumb and can't, can't be good at businesses. Or you went on a diet and it didn't, it worked for a little bit and then didn't work. And you just thought, you know what, I'm going to be fat for the rest of my life. All of these things that this one incident happens. And then we paint with this super, super broad stroke. Like that is the way life is. 
it's very, very easy in that situation that I was in to become a helicopter, super overprotective parent. And honestly, if I spoke to any other parent, they would agree with me and I would be justified in doing that. I remember actively choosing not to be that way. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember stating that. Yeah. I remember actively saying to Fanny, like, this is just one thing that happened. She's safe. She's perfect. If anything, like this should just reinforce how protected we are, not only the two of us, but as a family unit. And while there was so much pain and so much fear and all of that stuff coursing, I could literally feel it coursing through my body the next day. I had a choice. And that choice was to believe that the world was still safe, that my children were safe, that nothing bad will happen to us. And me becoming overprotective won't protect that anyway. And so I just want to offer this to you guys. Um, That's part one of it. And want to see if you guys, as you're listening to this, can find any similar type of experience that you now want to verbally, look, if you don't verbally communicate, it has a hold on you. Sometimes once you say that thing or that phrase or whatever it is, it now lessens its hold on you because it's out of here and out in the real world, right? So I'm inviting you guys, whatever you've heard, whatever memory came up for you, I guarantee you when I was talking about my daughter and what had happened, so that's part one. Then, like I said, I walked into my daughter's school, and today is uh, Yom HaShoah, which... It's a Holocaust Remembrance Day. Yeah, the the remembering of the Holocaust. And I'm sitting there, and um, principal of the school basically gets all the kids and, and says to them, you know, we remember today the bad things that these really bad, very, very bad, it sounded like Trump was talking, like very bad, very, very bad people did to us. And I sat there and I went, wow, this is why we keep reliving these issues over and over and over. Totally. Fear-based programming. Forgiveness is such a powerful, such a powerful tool. I mean, really in that moment. Both for others and for ourselves. That's what I was saying. So like the story that I shared with you guys, I chose to forgive myself. I could have imprisoned myself in that cage of, I'm not a bad parent. How could I let this go? This and that. You want to know the funny part? Once I shared that story as it happened last year, I can't tell you the amount of people that shared with me stories that were very, very similar. Like Audrey was just sharing. I remember even at the time, Audrey had shared it with me. My aunt, my grandparents, my parents, like everyone just came out of the woodwork and was sharing all these stories. I was like, I find it fascinating that none of us share these stories. So that was really interesting. And specifically with Holocaust is like the opportunity here is still through forgiveness. And the line that played in my head this morning, look, obviously we can, we can go back and forth and I don't want to be right about saying that what happened wasn't bad. Right. In the grand scheme of things, when six million people died, that's a horrible travesty. Okay. I'm not taking anything away from that. Having said that, where we are today, right? 70 years removed, 75 roughly. um, 
does that outlook serve us today? Because the truth of the matter is, you know, you go to Germany and those people that are in Germany today aren't those people. We live in a country, the U.S., that imprisoned African-Americans, enslaved them, did horrible, horrible, unspeakable things to them. And we aren't those people. And the more we as humanity hold on to these things is the more that that perpetuates. Instead of forgiving something and letting that thing go for the possibility of something greater, for the possibility of love, for the possibility of oneness, for the possibility of connection, And it's amazing to me, like human beings just find the next thing. It went from African-Americans in this country to gay people. It's shifted from gay people to transgender people. Like there always needs to be something or someone or some group that we get to be right about, that they are somehow ostracized. Yeah, like like a black mark on humanity. Instead of just realizing like I am one of them. I am one. You are me. I am you. And then forgiving the whole thing. Who was it that um, – was it Morgan Freeman? You, you bring it up every once in a while. Yeah. There's nothing about racism. Yeah, stop talking about it. Yeah. So it was like during uh, February, some, someone interviewed him for Black History Month, and he's like, how do we end racism? And he went off, and he was like, stop talking about racism. And I'm not saying that we need to stop talking about the Holocaust. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that we can choose a different approach. The people that – did those acts at the time were also scared and were also fear-based. And they just had a leader that knew exactly how to tap into that. That's not far-fetched from what's happening in this country. Or I don't know what happened in France. Did you follow the, the election in France? Uh, no, but I know they put a halt on it after the attack over there. Okay. Because I know in France, and I got my news from John Oliver, so I'm not saying that this is like... I know that they were there in an election and there's also someone there that also like super racist and yeah, Tur- Turkey is the same thing right now. Yeah. The guy's, the guy's trying to get, um, create some law to ha- enable him to be in office till 2029. Wow. Okay. And then, yeah. Basically, you know, like adhering to dictator- dictatorship type rules. Yeah. So, I know a lot of us look at the world and, oh, it's so fucked up and messed up and these people are doing this and this is horrible and this is that. I think the one thing that we all can do is to work on us and to be the light for those others to follow. And when speaking about these things, to bring something new to the conversation not to be right about it, not to anything, just to bring something new to the conversation, a new perspective, that which can allow for something new to grow into. We've tried the other way. It's producing the same results over and over and over and over. And I can tell you, like, my grandparents were in the Holocaust. Fanny's grandparents were in the Holocaust. We know survivors. We know people that got killed. For us to hold that hatred in our hearts against people who most of them are not alive today anyway, 
But to elicit that kind of hate around a, a country or a leader who might be dead, you know, so many people hate Hitler. He's dead. You're the one living. You're the one holding that stuff in. And every thought that you have in your mind creates world creates a reality every single thought and so if you have a hate-filled anger-filled thought in your head about anything it could be about trump it could be about a certain person in your life it doesn't matter what as long you're the one it's like that that famous quote you're drinking the poison and hoping that the other person dies what i want to offer you guys today is that there is another way and that is to stop drinking that poison Hmm. And instead, drink forgiveness. You want to make a shift in the world? Go out there and forgive people, love people, connect to people. And just realize when people do dumb shit, they know not what they do. They're trying to figure it out just like you are. We've all made mistakes. Every single one of us. None of us lives a perfect mistake-free life. And we make mistakes so we can learn from them. Mm -hmm. Losing my three-year-old in Israel on the first day, that's a huge mistake. I can own that. I can learn. I can grow from that. I will not let that dictate the rest of my life. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, <laughs> it's great share. Yeah. Oh, and just one other thing that just popped up in my head. So like, I'll give you an example of forgiveness. And this is something, look. Again, I'm, I'm not perfect. I mean, I'm perfect in my imperfection and that's fine. So this weekend we had a couple over and uh, Shia, when we eat dinner or whatever, like at least a couple of times a week for whatever reason, he'll spill his juice, spill his water, spill a cup, like he'll knock something over. <laughs> so we were, we had these people over and there was a beer cup on the counter. Like we have like a kitchen island. So he basically climbed onto the island. I don't know what he was doing on the island and knocked over this beer. And when I walked in, he was like, Abba, don't come in. And I saw the spill. And what he was trying to do was clean it up before I came in. And Fanny walked in and the couple walked in and Fanny was like, what happened? And stupidly in a like sarcastic kind of like mm, tone, I said, Shia happened. And as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, fuck, why did I say that? And he reacted and he just started. I could see he got so upset so fast. And so I grabbed him and he started bawling. And I took him to another room and we started talking. And I realized that when I said that, I had just embarrassed him in front of these new people that were over the house. And it wasn't my intention and it wasn't obviously what I wanted to do. To, to, to say at that time, it just kind of came out stupidly. And I sat in the room and I asked him to forgive me. And I told him that I made a mistake and that I shouldn't have said that to him. And that it was not, it's not what I meant and that I love him and this and that. And at the end, I asked him if he forgives me. And he, uh, and he said, yes. And I pretty much had a similar conversation that I had with you guys. And I told him the power of forgiveness. I said, it's one of the most incredible acts that any human being could provide. Um, and he got it. I mean, he really, really got it. And like, to the point that at night I still felt so guilty and so bad about it that I asked him about it again. 
And he said to me, he's like, Abba, I forgive you. Um, it's something that if we were to enact on a day-to-day basis, uh, whether it's for ourselves, I know forgiving yourself is usually even harder, uh, but forgiving yourself, forgiving others, understanding that people are at where they at. We all make mistakes. Some are big, some are small. Just being able to do that could literally change the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys. And I think that that applies both internally and externally. Um, you know, for me, I guess we're talking about heavier things today, uh, but even during my, like, depression and suicide days and uh, all that kind of stuff, it was a state of, like, no forgiveness. You know, like, victim mentality, zero forgiveness. Of yourself. Yeah, no responsibility of myself and of everybody else. Look, I mean, when, you're, when your worldview is bleak, everybody's bleak because every interaction has the, uh, the possibility of hurting you in some kind of way, you know, because you're, you're, in, an, you're in an expectant state of, of damage to be done all the time. I think yeah. Trump is a really good example of a person who lives in a ton of fear. And in fact, like all, all dictators, all bullies to some extent are trying to control and manipulate outcomes for a false sense of safety, right? So it's like, if I exude power, if I show power, but if you listen to him speak at any point in time, it's always just like how radically shitty the world is all the time. And we're here to be defensive and protect ourselves. And, you know, we don't forgive. We come at you. I would, I think no one, whether you're a supporter of him or not, I've never seen him take responsibility for anything. Yeah. He's, he's the ultimate fault and blame, which always tells me it's a huge victim mentality in there. And then I imagine to whatever extent his business, his uh, prominence in the public eye is what's given him his value, you know, is what's given him the ex- whatever experience of love he's having, if, if any at all. And, and that's just what's there, right? Not, not good or bad. And again, I see that whole context in a really spiritual light. So I'm not trying to demean it. I actually think there's a lot of perfection with what's happening. I do think that forgiveness is one of these things that, that people, and we talked about this a lot, people use the phenomenon of forgiveness and they have a collapse with condoning action. Mm, great point. And it disallows them from really getting to a point of, of like pure forgiveness. So if we think about like, um, if I give Elon, you know, $10,000 and he can't pay me back and I'm angry about that, that anger is affecting me. Yeah. Elon, Elon might have guilt about it or whatever he's got about it. Right. But like my anger doesn't, doesn't, um, alter his experience. He's just going through whatever experience he's going about that. Now, if I forgive him that bet, it's a, it's, I don't get, I don't get to bring that up again. And oftentimes that's the double-edged sword people use. Like I forgive you and then it comes up again and then people use it against somebody. It's like, didn't we do this already? Didn't I get forgiven for this? And it creates this, you know, um, this loop of distrust and out of integrity and lack of listening and stuff like that. And again, you know, uh, an analogy we use a lot is I've I've never been, been raped, you know, physically. Um, And if a woman has been raped, you know, she's never really going to get over that trauma. It's never going to be complete for her if she doesn't get that complete through forgiveness. And that's forgiveness of self and forgiveness of the perpetrator. Now, oftentimes people won't forgive the perpetrator because they think if I if I forgive him, I'm condoning the actions that he took. Yes. And then, but it, it's really not one and same. You know, forgiveness has nothing to do with condoning action. I can forgive Hitler. I don't condone what he did. It doesn't, it's like, it's not like, okay, sweet, Awesome. If I forgive Elon debt, I don't condone the fact that he didn't pay me back the money he owes me, but I can't forgive him so that there's space and a void for, for something new to be created in, in that relationship. Should I desire to have that relationship after that point in time? 
Um, and for me today, you know, uh, I often look at my past and I, I dealt with things through hostility, anger, annoyance, stuff like that. And I would do the same when I would want to end a relationship because I was hurt. My little boy was hurt. Mm. And when I get hurt, it's like, fuck you. You hurt me. Get the fuck away from me. And all that anger comes out. And that's how I would burn my bridges. And today what I find is it's not so much about that for me. It's about looking at whether the relationships in my life, the circumstances of my life, uh, whatever I'm up to, isn't in alignment with who I say that I am. And just because my curiosity is only in like, is it in alignment? Does it feel good to do this or be this? Um, for me today, I can burn bridges and I could do it with a lot of love. Right. So I've had a circumstance like this recently with friends who, who just had like a big, what I would call out of integrity with me. And it was just like a no pass thing. Like I just don't spend time around people who operate this way. Now I will say that I haven't fully forgiven them. And like, I'm just not there yet. It's something I definitely want to get to. I just haven't felt like that's um, at the space where I can fully forgive it. There's, there's forgiveness there, but not like full on. And, in, and I don't really know what I'm waiting for either. Like if I really wanted to forgive him, that could happen mm. right now. Um, I just haven't. So just pulling myself out of my own bullshit. Yeah. And it was just looking for me. I'm like, okay, knowing that this is what's there, is that in alignment with where I want to be and who I want to spend time around? Is this uh, and essentially, when I think about alignment, I think of it as like, is it taking energy or is it giving energy? And if something is taking energy away from me, I, I couldn't possibly be in alignment. Like my business never takes energy from me. I'm more, I can't say never, but like rarely yeah. ever. And if it is like, I'm like, okay, I'm looking where I'm out of alignment, where I have resistance and leaning into that resistance to see like, okay, there's some breakthrough here, right? So that I can feel free again. And I think that's really what it is. It's like, it's, it's looking at with forgiveness, you know, where you're unwilling to forgive is where you have resistance. And that resistance is where dis-ease starts. So it's like, do you want to grow that resistance and keep building stories around it and then have everybody around you agree to that story and build this like fundamental system of living around you that's just more resistance all the time? And then you're resistant to the next relationship and to the next man and all men aren't safe and money's not good and no, 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 right? And, and so on and so forth. And it creates these giant painful loops that Elon said, you, you have a trauma and then you start living in the world like it's not safe and it's all our it's all our choice like do we want to bring consciousness to where we have resistance lean in see what there is to learn what do we got to forgive within ourselves to move to that next echelon level yes. in our development and then see what we get to create from there nobody has to forgive anybody we get to forgive people yeah like we don't you don't have to do anything and that's why i think it's like one of the highest orders for a human being it's so much easier to be right about someone being wrong or having wronged you or a situation being wrong than it is to be bigger and actually forgive mm. um, one of the things that makes it easier for me is that that mantra like they know not what they do and it was Stuart Wilde I think in one of his books who was talking about how people just are vibrating at different frequencies and so when someone does something that you deem wrong, okay, it just means that you're vibrating at a frequency that no longer allows you to do that. So for example, for someone to murder somebody else, right, they're vibrating at a super low frequency. Now, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. I get that in society, we've made like, when you kill somebody else, it's really bad. And... That's what that soul chose to come here and do, right? 
for all you know, the person that got murdered, their mom or dad, let's say, chose to come down into this life to learn the power of forgiveness. And one of their best soul friends in the, in the soul world agreed to come down in this lifetime and make them their energy so dark and so black so that they can do this horrible act so that this family can create forgiveness, right? Like, in other words, that person did them the service. Now, I know that that might be like a skewed view for some of you guys to have. There's an amazing book uh, called... I think we actually did a podcast on this. Uh, it's called, it's by Neil Donald Walsh, the guy that wrote conversations with God. And it's called, I think the soul and the sun or something like that. Um, I read that book. And do you remember that book? No, I never read it. Oh, it's a short little, it's a kid's book. It's like a short little book. Um, I definitely have a performance enhancing podcast about it. I can find it mm. for you guys. Um, and it really talks about that. Like this one soul wants to, uh, experience forgiveness, but in the soul world, there's nothing to forgive because no one does anything, right? Like there's no way to, to manifest that. Everyone's forgiving. Like there's everyone's light. So, well, how can I do that? Well, you would have to manifest in the physical world, God tells him, and someone would have to do something terrible to you and you would be, you would have the opportunity to forgive them. And the soul says, well, who would do something so terrible? And the soul's best friend basically said like, well, I'll go, I'll go do that. Something terrible to you. And it's like, well, why would you do that? You're this soul, this amazing light and energy and all this stuff. Like, why would you become so dark and go and manifest in the physical world to do that? And the, the soul that's going to be dark just says, because I love you and mm-hmm. you want it. And if we just had that approach about human beings or situations, what becomes possible? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing with Trump, right? Like, and we just use him as an an example these days. It's like if you get caught up in the third density of it, yeah, it looks awful and it's reminiscent of dictatorships of the past and everything else. However, if you actually like really get that the human experience seems to be one of getting what we need, not what we want. Like, I don't want Donald Trump. I get that we need Donald Trump in this time period. And we called it in. No, it like when I call stuff in, it never, or I said very rarely, matches my vision. Yeah, and this is where a lot of people get stuck with manifestation because it's like they they create, they have their clear vision, they have their vision board. They're like, I'm holding this in my mind's eye, and I'm not saying not to go through that process. I'm just saying the moment you add attachment to that vision, you narrow the field through which it can come into your space. So now instead of it being like infinite. Come however it chooses to come in my best and my best and highest service. It's like I only want it if it comes like this. If it doesn't come like this, fuck it. This is how people end up in bad partnerships, bad marriages, bad relationships, circumstances they don't want to be in, all sorts of stuff. Because it's like I'm only willing to experience the gifts of life if it looks exactly like I say it's supposed to look. And in an, in a universe that's infinite, with a brain that works in a finite space, there's not a match there for how things are supposed to enter your life. So. Even with him, if you're just looking at it through like a narrow scope of what he's doing, instead of looking like, okay, well, we asked for change. We're like in this place in time, if that is, if there is such a thing, <laughs> um, where we're like, we want change. We want transformation. Well, that looks like breaking down structures and archetypes of the past in order for there to be a void and for us to create inside of. That might mean 
collapse of economic systems, of government systems, or maybe not, right? Because at the end of the day, our whole belief system is just one conversation. There's a conversation about our forefathers and about the Constitution and da 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 and we're the ones adding all the meaning to it. Now, we can subscribe, like you opt into a page, we can subscribe to that or not. And it really is just a matter of us, and this is what the proliferation of information is so wonderful, is that we finally get to share and exchange ideas. And that's why the privatization of internet, which is, if you read Stealing Fire, is something they talk about all the time. Like these new media machines come online, it becomes public, and then it's like, it's the whole intention is like for use, and then it becomes privatized over time. You know, hopefully we're conscious enough to not let that happen to the internet, because this is our greatest tool to proliferate information and ideas that at the end of the day, just let people subscribe to new realities. If you saw V for Vendetta, that last scene where he's getting shot at and he goes and, you know, kills that main guy. And he's like, why won't you die? You know, he's basically asking him, he's like, we just shot you like hundreds of times. Why aren't you dying? And he's like, because an idea never dies. And, and in the movie, he, his physical body represents an ideology. Same reason why terrorism can't be defeated. You know, where it's like you can't kill it. You can't shoot an ideology. Yeah. You, can trans- you can transform an ideology and that's not happening with bullets, right? That's happening with, again, like a liberated consciousness. Acts and, of forgiveness. Yeah, exactly. Acts of forgiveness. You know, clearly the people who are operating this way are living in a, a world that's extremely painful for them and extremely fearful. And I'm sure we could diagnose it from here to no end in psychological terms. And at the end of the day, that's the environment that we're allowing for them to live in. And then we're wondering, like, why they want to cause pain. It's like their whole life has been pain. That's all they know. So they, you, you give what you have. <laughs> they have pain to give. You know, and until, until these people are liberated from the world of fear, we're just going to see more of that forever. So it's like, do we want to create laws and bombs to try to control and manipulate these outcomes? Because we believe it can only happen through a narrow field. Or do we want to widen our gaze and say, okay, really, like, what conversations are these people growing up in? And do they have an opportunity to grow up in a different conversation? We started this conversation by saying, you know, 95 kids in China got to listen to Elon and I speak because of the proliferation of information online. And I don't know what impact that's going to make. Or maybe they have a completely new future that they're stepping into now. I know if you're around us, you probably are going to step into a new future. Yeah. You know, and if we could somehow quantify that, that would be incredible. And I think that the opportunity across the entire planet um, is really just showing people there's a much wider path for you to notice things through and observe and operate inside of. And, you know, like our 100 million people game, like impacting 100 million people is so the 100 million people are having these type of conversations. I don't know about you guys. There was 100 million people waking up every Monday and Wednesday doing Facebook Live, having these kind of conversations. And it just impacted 20 people that week. That's 2 billion people on the planet yeah. that got impacted that week. You know, the, the, the exchange of information towards transformation, wow, that rhymes. The exchange of information towards transformation in the scope of things. I mean, you ask our students, you go from everything fucking sucks to holy shit, everything's pretty wonderful fairly quickly. Yeah. It doesn't take much. And it really is just nothing more. Not, it's not even about teaching. It's about teaching the mind what to notice so that the mind can liberate itself. Elon and I don't, don't teach anything. We just show people where to look so they can notice the phenomenology in their own life. And that phenomenology, I'll use big words here, becomes ontological in nature, meaning that it does, they don't have to work on it. It works on them because the moment you notice it, you can't unnotice it. <laughs> you know, once you see the color blue, you're not going to stop seeing the color blue. 
So it's just creating distinction-based experiences where it's like, holy shit, I can actually see that now. That's incredible. So one of our students, because you were talking about like people around us, you know, have have these relationships, uh, have these transformations very, very quickly. So Jose has been in our community for about a month. Um, and we just had a, an awesome coaching call with him. What was it, last week, bro? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is what he wrote. Hey, Elon, what's up? Love your stuff. I'm listening to it every day. My life is changing in a great way. I'm looking at everything through new eyes, and I'm basically feeling like I've been asleep on an unconscious level for so long. Mm. I'm not even giving a shit about my lo- my lousy job. I was so depressed about that before, and even my relationships there have changed for good. I've surrendered to my now, the way it is now, and man, has everything changed. Mm. I'm so different to the point that it's a bit scary. Mm. One day, I even tried to get sad from my job to my house because I got out late and couldn't, LOL. I'm kissing my kids all the time, just being present with my wife's conversations. Man, just so happy. So yeah, just just received that uh, yesterday or two days ago. It's beautiful. Amazing, right? Yeah. So look, guys, I want to... Seriously, I, I wasn't aware that we were doing such a shitty job at inviting you. <laughs> so... Um, we have an academy. The thing that I just read about uh, is from Jose. He's one of the members in our academy. It's a group coaching community. We meet every two weeks live. Uh, we do live coaching on there. Uh, we pull people out. We share distinctions. We take the kind of conversations we have here and we go much, much deeper because we get to talk about the things that matter to you in your life right now. So I want to invite you to come check that out. You can go to satoriprime.com backslash coaching, and you can find out all the details about that. Now, if you know that what you are seeking and what you are up to in life requires more one-on-one attention from Guy and I, we have those programs as well. So like I said, we can customize programs to your needs and desires. Um, we have year-long programs. We have six-month-long programs. It's, it really is dependent on where you're at in life and what it is that you're up to. So if you want to at least explore what coaching with us would look like, um, check out coaching, storyprime.com backslash coaching, and or message us. You can email us, elon at satoriprime.com. Um, whatever works for you, we are here to serve so with that, I just want to leave you with, with one last uh, opportunity, and that is think of one thing in your life, one trauma, one instant, one person that you've been holding onto, and just see, has this thing taken life away from me? Is my being right about this hindered my health, my growth, all of it, and what I'm offering you is to choose in that moment to view it differently, to choose to forgive yourself, to choose to forgive the other person for the possibility of the life that you truly want and desire. And that's it for me, bro. Is there anything else you want to add? Nope. Really love that Great conversation. Awesome. Guys, we love you, love you, love you. Thank you so much for coming. If this resonated with you, if you know someone in your life right now that is suffering from a trauma and you want to give them another outlook on forgiveness or traumas or being right in their lives, please, please, please share this with them. I know this is a conversation that very, very few people uh, on the planet get to hear. So um, would love for that. And we'll talk to you soon. See you guys next time. Bye, Bye, everybody. Love you. 
So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love, promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends. Hey.